hello hello again it's us the catalog girls so i'm vanessa oh (laughs) (laughs) like um and i'm justenia and it's us the catalog girls um we are doing another charlando episode because neither of us did our homework last week and it's okay (laughs) (laughs) this week we're asking the ever important question what are you reading or watching or listening to this includes books or articles tv shows podcasts you know all that (laughs) etc etc what are you reading, listening to, watching? You were just telling me what you were watching just now. Oh, yeah. So um, Netflix, um, it's called Alone, and it's like a survival docu-series. It just basically is people from all over America that are thrown onto a remote island and they have to survive. <laughs> is that a Netflix, ex- like a, a Netflix-produced exclusive, or is it like... It sounds almost like Survivor, but like with less like competitive. I actually, I have no idea what Survivor is. I never watched Survivor. I don't Survivor, know. Survivor, I, the only difference I think, if I can remember Survivor, is Survivor, they were naked. Or is that naked and afraid? <laughs> I, I <can't>. <laughs> <laughs> or is that the show that has naked in it? <laughs> it might be both of them. It might be both shows have naked people just trying to survive in the wilderness. <laughs> Which I don't, I think it's like kind of bananas that like there was this point in American culture that we were like, I want to watch people being terrified and they're surviving and it's, it's grisly and weird. And then someone was like, they should be naked. (laughs) And everyone was like, yeah, make them naked. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's a Netflix like exclusive, but it's, it's competitive in a way that. Um, they do have to survive, and then I think the last remaining survivor wins, like, this grand prize, like, cash prize. I, I, I don't remember how much money it is. I'm only on episode one, but I, I love survivor shows like this. It's just, it's so interesting. Like, one of the contestants, uh, spoiler, spoiler, <laughs> if you want to watch, but she um, had eaten uh, berries, like, bear berries. I forgot what she called them, and... Um, what ended up happening was, is that, you know, she got sick and in the middle of the night and then there's like this little, little text that appears and it kind of like informs us viewers like, well, this is why she's sick. It's because she ate those berries and those berries are high in fructose and they can cause this dizziness, nausea, vomiting, like all these things. And I was just like, whoa, that's good to know. You know, like those kinds of survivors. Yeah, that's so bananas though. Like she ate a berry that's just got too much sugar in it. (laughs) Like it's so scary. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like, I think, you know, and then I don't know, but those little things are what really interests me about survivor uh, shows. (laughs) I was gonna say, it sounds like Love Island UK, but without the love. Like you're just trying to make it to the next round so you can get that cash prize. Oh, is that what you're watching? No, I actually have not been watching Love Island this summer. Just because like, <laughs> like, I don't know that I could take that to my self-esteem. Like looking at all those hot people just finding love. And then I'm over here like, do, 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 working on myself. But, you know, oh. not really just scrolling on Twitter and Instagram during my free time. It's, I don't know. I, I, I can't like get into shows like that anymore it 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 has to be super dramatic like I need some drama some real drama how much more drama can you get than Love Island UK no but like I also again I have not been following this season I have been following Love Love Island UK like 
kind of residual drama from last season. Like, um, <laughs> I don't know if, I think, no, this was in our group chat with Jacqueline. Um, Millie and Liam broke up and I think they won. <laughs> like, they were the couple that won. <laughs> or maybe it was Chloe and, and Toby. Oh. But Chloe and Toby are still together, which like I'm very happy for because I, I'm pretty sure his name was Toby. I just like because Millie's in Ibiza with Chloe and um, what was that Lucinda. Mm -hmm. um, so these were like a bunch of like two other contestants from Love Island UK last season. And I guess this summer they did a little reunion in Ibiza, but this time Millie is single. I don't know what Lucinda's status is, but I think she was single when she left the show. And then Chloe, I think, is still with Toby. And I know this because the second to last, or like the third to last post she made on her Instagram. Oh my which, God. <laughs> this is so like, <laughs> like as we're recording this, the, um, the, what's it called? The final like hearing on the congressional, like the congressional, the final congressional hearing on what happened on January 6th is like, ha like getting ready to happen. And I'm over here like, Love Island UK, drama, <laughs> Chloe, <laughs> Lucinda. Um, no, but I love these bitches. <laughs> like, I just feel like you love know them. You I, know them. You know their Instagrams. You guys are BFFs. You guys. But they also like looking at their bodies just makes me like, oh, I eat too much fructose probably <laughs> but you know like they don't eat like they really probably don't eat I know that there are snippets where it's like it's showing them like working out but um I only know this because I actually went you know I had I'm like having issues with like my stomach and everything and my doctor like we made a comment about like body image um and I was just like, well, I guess I'm going to lose weight, but I'm going to be depressed as hell because I have to go back on my GERD diet. And he was like, yeah, you know, just like eat in moderation. I'm like, yeah, I know. I, like, I'm probably going to, like, I'm probably going to be like a twig or something. And then he said, yeah, actually, if you don't eat, you will. Those people that you see, like on those reality series, like they don't eat, like they just the muscle structure, everything is so unnatural. It's got to be Botox or yeah. um, some kind of, I know men, it's not a secret anymore. Um, they definitely do take testosterone, some kind of form of steroids, you know, injections, things like that. Like it, and they have the money. So of course. So, yeah. I mean, those are like truly genuinely professional hot people who have, like you said, the resources to mm -hmm. augment their bodies in whatever way they you know, whatever beauty standards are, are current. Um, I don't know, but also like, we don't know their personal lives. Like maybe they are people who eat and they just work out really well. And then also do these additional like lift here and like, you know, injection there or whatever. But yeah, it is, it is important. <laughs> so like, I don't want to shame them for like whatever they're doing with, or, you know, not mm -hmm. doing with their bodies. Um, but yeah, like it, it does kind of like I, I know they're not doing that to make me feel shitty about me, no, but that's I think job. yeah, like, <laughs> that's like you should feel job. like garbage about yourself. Buy these sneakers, <laughs> maybe yeah. you won't feel so pooey. Um, but I also don't want to body shame myself. Like my body does what I want it to do. Like I I don't I think I I don't know that I think I did put it in in our little group chat. Um, but <laughs> this week my car was at the mechanic. And it, the, I Googled it and my mechanic is two miles away from me. And so I said to my mom, like, hoping that she would talk me out of a dumb idea. I said, oh, I think, and mind you, this is like the record-breaking heat wave that we're having right now. It's like literally 86, 88, almost 90 degrees here on Long Island. It's muggy as 
you know, all cheese and rice. Mm-hmm. And I told my mom, oh, I'm thinking about running the two miles to the mechanic to pick up my car and I'll drive it home. And she was like, that's a great idea. <laughs> and I was like, bitch, no. <laughs> like, you were supposed to be like, no, me, had that, no. It's too hot out. Yeah, like she was just like, all right, just take water. And I was like, bitch. But I did. I, I wore a long sleeve because I'm like terrified of the sun. Um, I mean, not terrified of it. I just want to age the way JLo does. And I don't have JLo money. So like the best way to do that is just try to cover it up. Yeah, cover up sunscreen, you know, <laughs> do what you can. Um, so I threw on a long sleeve. I threw on my little, my little running pack and I ran the two miles, but now my, my legs are like, girl, why'd you do that? <laughs> you should have. Um, yeah. But I think it's just because I haven't been running in a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'll get back in the swing of it, but doing two miles after like months of not running, probably not my, my best idea this week, mm-hmm. <laughs> but my body does what it want, what I want it to do. Like run two miles on a whim. It carried you there. It carried you for the two miles. That mm-hmm. is- Thanks body. Even my <laughs> yantita, my little yantita came with me. So <laughs> it's so funny. I remember when, when you sent that message on, in the chat, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about the heat stroke. I was yeah. like, she's saving the earth. I want to do that too. Like, yes, like go green or go home. <laughs> oh my God. But truly though, like, and I, I keep saying every week, like, oh, I'm going to start budgeting to get an e-bike. And like, I have not even like looked at my, but like, I have not made a proper budget, but that is my goal. By the end of the summer, I will be the type bitch who makes, who at least knows what money I'm spending <laughs> on like basic necessities. I, you heard that right. I, I don't know. I'm just like, oh, that's on automatic payment. And you know what? Uh-huh. I haven't, you know, I haven't had a creditor calling me, so I must be fine and doing it okay. But I also know that that is not all right because I hope to live well into my 70s at least. And if I'm going to do that, I should probably be knowing how much money I have right now. <laughs> That image that I sent you guys too, like how it's just expensive. Everything is like ridiculously expensive. And then we're getting gypped. Um, I saw this thing on Daily Show <laughs> with Trevor Noah, and it was like a little segment on how they were comparing a Gatorade, how the, there's a new design for Gatorade. It's smaller or not not like smaller it's the same exact size as the other Gatorade like just to show you here's a Gatorade this is a big thing of peanut butter that I'm holding and the one next to it is the exact same like height (laughs) except the other one is like slimmer but it's still the same price so I mean also I want to I want to make a note and this is not a personal attack but the the word gypped comes from a slur for gypsies Oh shit. Yeah. There's I mean, you're not the only one still using it like that. Um, but I think we should work towards phasing it out of our vocabularies. There's this um there's this line, I don't know if I've I've talked about this line of books called Aseline. Um, but they I, I don't I think they're a publishing house. They make these really fancy coffee house um coffee table books and they cost like $95 each. There's um they're like really big sellers at the bookshop where I work because they're printed in Italy and like not a lot of people carry them. Like we ship them all over the country. Um but they have one called Tulum Gypset, which I was like, I don't know you guys are allowed to be using the word gypset. Like what the fuck? 
book. Um, yeah. And I, I, I had looked at like me and another coworker had looked it up because we were like, I feel like that word isn't okay to use. And it does have its roots in like gypsies. And I was like, I don't, mm, is it a, like, are you using it like a slur? I just feel like we should, mm, mm, Mm. but yeah, so, um, we're getting robbed or we're getting scammed, but also, (laughs) (laughs) so like you, you see, it's kind of like if somebody was like, oh, we're getting mixed. And it's just like, what does that mean? Oh, you know, Mexicans always stealing from you. And it's just like, no, that perpetuates a bad stereotype. Um, I had no idea. Where did you learn this? I don't even know. (laughs) I just, I think like my first awareness of it was watching uh, the Disney's Hunchback of Notre Dame and being like, oh, what's her name is a gypsy? Hmm. And then people being like, I was gypped. And I was like, huh, what is the origin of that word? And then, you know, you learn that like, it's from gypsies. And like, I mean, today I just like, I've, well, not today. I just learned. I've, I've known this and I've been trying to figure out ways to like, remove it from my vocabulary and it's so silly um that i haven't it's not just silly it's really inconsiderate but um tone deaf is another phrase that we commonly use to mean like oh that person is being insensitive or they're not recognizing the nuance of other like such and such or they're just not reading the room um but tone deaf is like it it sort of equates in people's minds even if you're not doing it like front and centered and you're like all deaf people are dumb but like it's it's still an offensive like it it, you know like to use the phrase tone deaf is is to sort of imply that people who are deaf are somehow ignorant and somehow Mm -hmm. insensitive or they're you know not completely cognizant people and so that's another phrase that like if you hear yourself using it just like oh whoops i meant inconsiderate and move on um, but yeah, we, we all learn something about our vocabulary and like, oh, that has its origins in what now? Um, yeah, no, I, no, thank you for pointing that out and thank you for educating. Hopefully our listeners pick up on that too and are more, um, aware, self-aware in that aspect. I, now I am now that I know, um, no, but thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, but why were, why were we talking about, uh, the people. <laughs> this all started off with like, we're going to have a lighthearted episode today. Body shaming. Oh my God. Words that are, are mean to other people and exclusionary. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I just, if that's the media these days though. I mean, it's just, that's what's on TV. That's a podcast. So that's, um, I, I love Nicole Byer. She's like an amazing, individual she's like the queen for me her podcast why won't you date me she just interviews people and you know it's just like very casual conversations getting advice on relationships um you know sharing stories um her personal stories of like interactions or things like that with like people that she's hooked up with or people that she's pursuing or people that have pursued her and it's just really nice to kind of like hear advice from people, famous people, people from different walks of life, people from different backgrounds. She doesn't just interview guys, she interviews women, she interviews non-binary people, she interviews like, and so um, one of the last ones, I think I sent it to you guys, I don't remember in the chat too, she was with um, 
that actor that played the male lead in Gossip Girl. That was- yes. Oh, I listened to that. And that was so, so astute and so true of like, yeah, a lot of um, romance sort of like stories that we list, like that we consume are pretty much the lead up to becoming a couple or like mm-hmm. the breakdown of a couple yes. but you never like get a couple that's like going through something and then they sort of like work it out or even just like the sort of I don't know like just relationships mm-hmm. do have ups and downs but also there are ones that are toxic that are like that's not an ups and downs that's a toxic cycle get out <laughs> like and I think it's kind of hard to recognize green flags if you don't have examples of green flags. Which a lot of, of a, people really don't. Yeah. Of, and like, and not just like green flags in like a rom-com where a couple mm-hmm. just met, but like green flags in a romantic comedy of a couple that is already established and maybe they are, I don't know, even just like, not even like if they have a conflict, but like, you know, like. I, I don't know, just like they go to a friend's wedding or I don't know. But I, I feel like obviously a story that is entertainment should have some kind of conflict because like, <laughs> maybe I don't know, like maybe, oh, maybe, maybe it's like they get into some kind of hijinks, like, oh, the traveling is, I don't, I don't know. I'm, 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 I, I can't write rom-coms that have, <laughs> are of successful couples. Um, and no, that was, that was really, that was a great snippet. And uh, Nicole Byers is Why Won't You Date Me has been on my my queue for a while um, mm-hmm. of podcasts to listen to. <laughs> you have to start with episode one. You got to start yeah. right there. It's I'll, so good. It's how so many years? Fun. How long has it been running? Um, I actually started um, back in 2019 when you know mm-hmm. the pandemic was first starting, and I was just like, I'm bored. I want to listen to a podcast, and I just hers came up on my recommended on Spotify. Um, and at the time, I don't know, I think there were maybe about like, uh, 20 episodes already. Okay. But definitely start with episode one. It's so great. It's so funny. Um, All right. All right. I'll get on. (laughs) And then I wanted to get on with, um, this American life. Oh my God. This American life. So good. I know. But can I, can I be honest with you? Like, it's not your cup of tea. I don't, I'm picky. It's not even the information. It's the voices. I'm very like picky about like, I don't, I'm like, I don't like your tone or I don't like your, I don't like the sound of your voice. (laughs) That is the daily. Do you listen to the daily? It's in New York times. On on occasion, I've listened to the daily, but like, I love his voice. I love his voice. I forgot his I name. Liter- I, I literally couldn't even, if you were to give me snippets of like, which one is the daily guy's voice? I'd be like, this one. And yeah. It, it, yeah. Would be wrong. it would be wrong because I don't remember his voice. It was so, un. I, I don't, I don't want to say like, this person's voice was so unmemorable, but it, it kind of was. But like, I mean, an unmemorable voice is one that probably most people can tolerate. <laughs> yeah. So I like when he's in um, interviewing people, asking questions and they say something goes, hmm, hmm, hmm. Like those little snippets of the hummings and all that. It just, <laughs> it affirms that he's actively listening. Like, <laughs> hmm. yeah. But like the way he says it though, like, or it just, he knows exactly when to say the hmm without like going over or interrupting someone's flow. I was just going to say, Jasenia, did you just admit that the daily is your ASMR? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. 
are you reading anything that you like? You've covered TV, podcast. Um, but you're also a, a working at your desk woman. And when I was a working at my desk woman, I was like, don't show me things to read. I'm just going to watch TV and listen no, to podcasts. I, I, I'm, I'm bad in that. No, I shouldn't say this. We talked about this and you can elaborate on this because you, you were the one that, you know, uh, explained to me that it was okay about that, about just that I pick up all these books, I start them and then I don't finish them. So um, the book by Bell Hooks, um, All About Loving or All About Love, I think. All About Love. All About Love. I'm almost done, but I literally put it down because as soon as I started working, I, I got distracted. And uh, with my job, it's just, it's just so demanding because I work with a bunch of people that are super passionate, super obsessed with just doing everything to perfection. And then, so then I'm like, yeah, I, I guess I got to do my best too. Time to sacrifice my personal life to focus on work. Like, oh, no, oh, no. I know they're really toxic. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. You know, everyone has their passion and you know, if we got to get the work done, I just don't want to feel like, you know, I'm not putting in my 100 compared to their 100. That's just the pressure that I feel. <laughs> yeah, no. And I, I, I understand that pressure because like I felt that way when I was working um, for the county of just like, oh, well, if you're not here on a Saturday, then you're kind of a piece of shit. And it's just like, I, they, nobody would say that to me, but I would, you know, I'd be in my like nine to five mode or, you mm -hmm. know, whatever. And like, I, I, I don't remember. I just remember somebody saying kind of something about like, oh, you really love putting in a nine to five, don't you? And I was like, yeah, I really think that our, you know, foremother fucking Francis Perkins, who hails from New York, hailed R.I.P. Francis Perkins, um, the first woman to serve on a presidential cabinet who served as the labor secretary would be fucking livid if she knew I was just working through my lunch hours, which I did when I worked my nine to five desk job. And I think she'd be fucking livid at you just like trying to pressure me into like giving more of my life up. I mean, yes, I get more money, but like, is, is like, is that money as valuable as my fucking time? And also like, will I be as productive of a member to this team if I'm not rested? Like, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's kind of hard because I think like, I don't, I don't want to say it's all, all people who have immigrant parents have this experience, but I think a lot of us do of parents who like didn't grow up, you know, going to school, didn't grow up in places that like, if they, if we had been born there in the early nineties, we would have had the same chances as people born there in like the mid nineties, which like it genuinely, truly, like, I mean, I don't, I think you've, we've discussed this, that like the, the cousins I have who were born in Mexico in like the early 90s and before did not get to go to school and everybody who was born in the mid 90s did because their older siblings or their parents or whoever came here and were sending money back and were by the mid 90s and like enough established that they could send enough money back to kids who can then go to school and complete school mm -hmm. like i have cousins that were literally like it feels like 1993 is like the cutoff of like were you born before this time well too mm -hmm. fucking bad and like i have a like my cousins who are all like came here to like work, you know, like minimum wage jobs and whatever. And then their siblings who were born after 93 went to college in Mexico and like live in cities on their own and are college educated there, which is and like they're traveling. They're like all their Instagram pictures. Yep. And, like, yep. and it's, it's so awesome. And I'm so stoked. And it just, 
um, you know, I, I also like, I don't want to say that like, oh, the countries that our parents hailed from are like so destitute and, you know, we would have been so fucked. Like maybe we would have, we would have like made our way to education. Um, but I know like my mom literally became literate in this country. Um, when she was 18, you know, she cleaned houses and she worked in the sun. So it, it does kind of feel shitty that I'm like, how dare you ask me to work more than my nine to five? Um, like part of me still internalizes this idea that like, oh, if you, you know, if you're just putting in enough, then that's not enough. Like that's not your 100% and you don't deserve rest. And, but like, we all deserve rest. We all should be, um, I don't know, like well rested, but at the same time, like I grew up on a farm and on farms, there is no like nine to five. There is no like, oh, well, you know, the, like, I, like the, any any natural like not necessarily like natural disaster but like just oh it rained this week and we didn't think it was gonna rain and now we have to like move this shit around and we have to like you know it's gonna rain tomorrow so we have to pluck all you know like go pick all of the like vegetables or whatever um so it's just it's kind of hard to like I don't know not feel guilty about not throwing in the like 110 percent yeah um, because of all these different factors of that influenced my life. It's just know. so, I'm sorry. Like, it's just, <laughs> you don't need to be sorry. <laughs> oh no. It's just, you know, like, well, I, I hate saying that, that that's another thing. Um, when I read, I feel like I'm much more focused. I can articulate my thoughts so much better when I don't read, I feel like I'm just like, Duh. and it's because I'm so burnt out from just work, 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 work. Um, I need a break. I need a break. I need to just not be so focused on, on, on work. Oh, that's just my, that's my personal goal going forward. Just more time for me, more, more reading for me, personal books. Yeah. Yes. Learning books. <laughs> yeah. But like books that you're like, I don't care. This is cheesy trash reading. I love it. And it's making me happy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As, as somebody who works in a bookshop, I can't tell you, like, it breaks my heart to see people who are like, I should be reading something smart and blah, blah. And it's just like, bitch, if, if Emily Henry or Colleen Hoover or who, you know, whatever, like beach read author you're reading is making <laughs> you happy, you're reading and you're happy. And that's all that matters. Um, and it breaks my heart when I see parents that are like, I want my kids to read a real book, not a graphic novel. And I'm like, um, graphic novels are real books. Like it's printed. Can you write one bitch? Get on my face. The, um, the smile series is awesome. It's my favorite. I read that one. I love it. Smile I have, sisters. What's the other one? Uh, I forgot. It's my teeth. It's, I know the book, we have the book sets. We just got the book sets in, which I'm like so excited about, but I haven't, I haven't read them. Um, but well, it's the same good. author who did Ghost, right? Yes. That one I read and I cried. Oh, I just, I, you know, I remember when I was teaching a uh, third grade, it, that was like a big popular series. And I just remember it was the first time I saw, um, and I was young too. It's like, and it was the first time I saw boys reading like a book with like um, because the 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 main characters are are girls. Yeah. So, so the boys were enjoying it too, and I'm like, oh, David, you're reading this? Like, oh wow! Like 
I, you know, like I'm not used to that. I wasn't used yeah. to this. Because like, like, I mean, like it, it really isn't something that you notice until someone points it out, but like yeah. girls read books with boy protagonists all the time as mm-hmm. if we're supposed to put ourselves in the place of a boy, which we can. Yeah. And, but you know, oh, God forbid your son reads Junie B. Jones. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, that's a girl book. And that's, oh, that's some shit that drives me crazy too at the bookshop. Oh, this is for a boy. Oh, this is for a girl. I don't know that she would like baseball. And I'm like, girls can like space and baseball. Boys can like flowers and romance. Like, I don't, why are you policing your child's gender like this? Like, if it gets them reading, let them fucking read it. They like it. And it builds empathy. And it just, Oh, thank you. Um, so we we did a little pause aroni. Um, I don't know why I'm throwing oni at the aroni. Like everything's a pepperoni to me right now. Um, but we did a little pause aroni, um, and I'm not even sorry that I I just I feel like that is such like a Midwestern mom thing to say. But like, <laughs> um, but we did a little pause so that we um, start up a new recording, <laughs> a new re- like another forty minutes of recording for free on Zoom. Shout out to Zoom. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, um, we just started talking about family trauma and whatnot. <laughs> and then we went out like, while we were waiting to like, um, to record our, our next half of, of the episode, um, oh, where was this going? Family trauma. And then that ended up us talking about like therapists. And then I was just like, oh, I have health insurance now. If we have a state exchange. <laughs> and then we were like, oh, how does health insurance work? (laughs) Like, I don't understand my, like, I mean, this is, it's not embarrassing because you know, what's an embarrassment is just said, like, this is no shade on you. The American education system that does not prepare us for things like what the frick fracker local taxes versus state and federal and like you know that's not our job to teach you that what is health insurance and like i don't know like when you get a bill you should look at the itemized like bill stuff like i mean i i just like I don't know. Oh, like, it's just, it's the shit that you don't learn until like you live life, which is like, I mean, obviously that's how you learn is when you live life and whatever. But like, maybe if there was like home ec wasn't just like, now that you know how to sew a button, let's sew a pillow. Like maybe if home ec was like, all right, home economics, this is what you're going to need to know about your personal economics. If you get a job that offers a 401k, that's what, like, this is what a 401k is. This is what an Ira Roth is. You have your hand up, Miss Morales. Because in my home ec class, um, my home ec teacher was the best. She taught us how to make pancakes and how to sew pillows, but she also taught us how to write a check. Uh, I mean, we learned how to write a check too, but like, I think home ec should be one of those things that's like math or history or English. Like you get it every year, not just like, oh, one time in eighth grade and then one time in 10th grade, (laughs) you are going to learn how to write a check. Like I... (laughs) I had kids that were in like my, like when I was um, a, a volunteer uh, robotics mentor, I was not the lead robotics lady, but I, you know, I helped them facilitate the robotics team. I had kids that were like an AP honors this and that and whatever, who didn't know how to write an envelope. Like they didn't know how to address uh-huh. an envelope. They were like, did I do it right? And I was like, that's never going to get there. You have to write the envelope again. Hey, yeah. That's so um, funny. Or even like I have kids that are like, uh, and I say kids because they're so like they're so much younger than me um, at the bookshop Aww. who are like in college or going to college, and they don't they don't know where the stamp goes or they don't know like um, I don't know like 
just little, little things like that, that are like, oh my God, like, damn, we just, we really fail children and young adults this way, don't we? As a, as a society that we like, kind of like, all right, in eighth grade, you learn how to write a check and sew a button and now you're ready for life. And it's just like, no, I'm not because I still don't know what the fucking Ira, who is Ira Roth? No, I'm just kidding. I know. No, and the pandemic <laughs> made it worse. If you're, if you think it sucks oh now, the pandemic, oh my goodness, girl, mm-hmm. it has really stripped a lot of kids and it just, because of the disparities, I mean, I, that, speaking of podcasts, I was, I've been listening to, uh, I love NPR Code Switch. That's like my go-to favorite podcast. And they did a whole like little, um, side, uh, mini series within that called, um, School Colors. And, um, I forgot his name. I only know them by their first name, Mark. And the other guy, I forgot his name. He, but Mark, he's a, um, he's from Brooklyn. He is of Jamaican, uh, descent. And, he has a nonprofit organization where he does uh, support and a lot of um, education around um, uplifting and supporting low performing schools that are predominantly black with black and brown children. Yeah. Yeah. So they did some research because, um, you know, they were looking at like this whole thing that's happening in, 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 in New York city now and, probably soon all of New York with um, diversifying schools. Like, yeah, New York City is diverse as hell. And, but then the question was, well, why does um, a school district in Queens, which is the most diverse area in the world, why do they need a diversity plan? What, you know, but no, you don't know that it's still racially segregated. You got you know, you know, I mean, I don't know if our listeners know. You, just, wanna, you wanna elaborate, Vanessa? I was actually gonna say, I'm, this is a plug for the next episode that we want to record, <laughs> like, um, <laughs> that is gonna be talking about segregation on Long Island, which I imagine is not that different. I mean, no, I'm sure there are so many differences, but like, I, I'm sure it, it bled into Queens too of like redlining and like how schools oh, yeah. are funded and like- yes. So, yeah, we, we wanted to do that episode this week. Again, neither of us did our homework. Um, <laughs> but like next week, we're going to read those articles. And then like, we're going to come back and we're going to do the segregation in schools on Long Island. And it's, I mean, like we were saying this before, it's not just like, I mean, it's not like there are laws on Long Island that say like, white kids need their own school. But like when you have your schools being like, I don't know, like this school district is going to serve these children in this neighborhood. And this neighborhood costs X amount of money to live in. And like, obviously then you're going to get a group of students that looks like it's not diverse socioeconomically because their neighborhood is not socioeconomically diverse and we also know that there's fucking racism <laughs> like that happens that like has excluded black and brown people people of color from building generational wealth like owning a home and so and it just it's all this shit that snowballs that makes it so that like yeah, we don't have like laws saying white children need their own schools, but it like we literally just had to pass a bill in Suffolk County saying, hey, if your 
deed has written in it from like the 50s no black people can buy this house or you can't sell this house to black that, people. there's that bourbon that, yeah that podcast those, talks about that those words are in there and even though they're not being you know quote unquote honored right now like they should be fucking removed because they're still there because it was not that fucking long ago that this shit was happening um i just like i picked up because i work in a bookshop i picked up a copy of um little house on the prairie and the woman who wrote that was born in like the late eight the late 1800s so her parents were born like she was born after slavery like but literally just after slavery and which means her parents existed while slavery existed which means they have recollections of institutionalized racism like literally like the i mean like the 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 straight up fucking original sin of the country like they remember it being like that and they're like oh this is good for us we Mm -hmm. like it and maybe maybe i mean i it's been ages since i've read little house on the prairie so maybe she isn't that racist but like i mean even if they weren't that racist, they still had parents who thought the world was right when black and brown people were enslaved. And so like this woman born in the late 1800s died in like literally like a few, within a few, like within 10 years of my dad being born, which means there are people still walking around who were raised by people still walking around, like who were raised by people who might've just died like, you know, 10, 50 years ago, whatever, that like, <laughs> Basically, it's not that fucking long ago. There's still language in, in in house deeds that say, don't sell this house to brown people because we don't, you know, they're gross. And it's just like, cheese and rice. <sighs> yes. Jasenia is holding up a copy of a, is that a book? That, that looks like a book. It it's is a book. A of- Color of Law. And it looks like it's got a little redlining map on it. And I'm I'm very excited to, to I, I, I kind of feel like we're not, giving ourselves a week is not going to be enough like we're, we might have to make this like a september back to school special like episode <laughs> um <laughs> no like, i feel like we're gonna have to read a lot more material than yeah just, like, than i will i want to revisit i want to revisit this book i started reading it and i didn't finish it what page did i let leave off on i left off on page 26 and here's my anecdote i'm I, people don't like me for doing this but i do it all the time i graffiti my books and i i wrote wtf I, I'm a huge proponent of interacting with the text, like write scribble, scrabble all over that bitch. Um, shout out to my, since like, it's been like 11 years now since my fate, like my chef's kiss to Tom Kelly, who was my English teacher in high school, um, who RIP passed away in 2009. So I guess I can't do math, but he, but he passed away in 2009, but he would tell us to like, write in like, fuck pencil, write in pen. Like, this is your book. Like talk to the book, talk with the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I mean like, but as a, like somebody who appraises books, like <laughs> I'm like, Oh, whoa, sorry. Can't take it. It's got writing in it. Um, but I don't know. I, I hi- highly recommend, you know, um, chatting with your book. Uh, you know what I'm thinking now, Vanessa? Um, I think the reason why I've been wanting to watch TV in the first place is because everyone's telling me, you should watch this. Oh, you should watch this or you should watch that. It's just in my cult, in my family culture, I love when you said family culture because we cannot generalize. Even though we both are Mexican-American, we both grew up very differently too. Yep. In my family culture, we didn't watch TV. We had one television and we weren't allowed to watch it. It just, that's just what it was. My mom said it was a waste of time. 
-hmm. and so it, we only had like one hour of TV. That was it. Oh, um, but um, I'm like thinking, I was like, I miss, I just realized I really miss reading my books. Like I have so many wonderful, interesting books that I've read and the, like that one, The Color of Law, I was so excited to read that. And I'm like, I want to finish reading it. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, like, I think if my mom had had her way, we would have never had TVs in my house. Um, but because, my, like, I don't know, I think my dad, like, kind of thought, oh, I can't tell my children I love them, but they'll know it if I buy them TVs of their own, right? Um, so, like, the moment I got my own room and I got my own TV, um, so I grew up a reader just because I had two brothers. We only had the one TV, and they would <laughs> outvote me every time. So I you know, it just, I was like, all right, friends, my friends are books now. Um, so, mm -hmm. but like when I got my own TV, that's when I stopped reading as much as I did as a child. Like I remember this one time my uncle took my brothers out to a baseball game. My parents thought I had gone with them because they walked in on me reading in their room and they were like, oh, whoa, shit, you were here the whole time. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, what, what, what have you been? And I was like, I was just reading. And they're like, you were so quiet. We didn't even hear you. Um, yeah. But oh, I, I love that. But now that I'm looking back on it, I'm like, oh, oh, I completely interrupted what they thought was their afternoon alone. <laughs> like, oh, my I, God. But like, I, I genuinely, I don't even remember, like, I don't remember that afternoon. I just remember them being like, oh, you're, you're here? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, you were just so quiet. And I was like, I know, I'm reading my books. Because like <laughs> at the time, I didn't have my own TV. But the second I got my own TV, like friends literally became my friends like scrubs and like reruns of all these shows that like I just mm -hmm. I don't know like I would consume as much as I used to consume my books and like mm -hmm. so now it's kind of like I'm trying to reframe reading from this chore to like reading like reading is this thing I do to enjoy myself um but to go back to what you were saying like earlier in the in the episode of like I don't want to be ashamed of picking up a book and then reading 20 pages and then putting it down and then picking up another book like you know I I, I should be able to read one whole book I think like it's okay that if you know if a book isn't calling you right now it's not yes. that doesn't mean it's not ever going to call you again you know like yeah. maybe you'll pick like it literally took me seven years and four tries to get into to be completely hooked into non-stop front to cut you know front to back cover to cover read the amazing adventures of cavalier and clay by michael shabon um, but like every time I picked it up, it felt like, okay, this might be the time. Like, it's so good. And like, it just, sometimes it would just, whatever, for whatever reason, I would just put it back down. But the last time I read it, which was the first time I read it cover to cover, I could not put that thing down. And I think that's why you shouldn't feel that bad about like picking up a book, liking it, and then putting it down and then picking up another book. Because one day you, you'll probably go back to that, that book yeah. when the time is right. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, that makes yeah. me feel better. I just, it, 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 it helps too when you're around people that love literature, that love to read. Like, you know, I'm so happy that I know you and that you, you actually genuinely enjoy stories because of just uh, aside from the fact that it's good writing, it's, it's good storytelling and it's good like messaging. And like, because I'm surrounded by a bunch of um, workhorses that, uh, it, you know, they're, it's really difficult, like, when they say, oh, did you watch that? I, I remember everyone was into Game of Thrones. I've never seen it. I, I couldn't interact with anybody. I couldn't talk about Game of Thrones. I'm like, I, I just don't have time to watch it. I saw, like, a snippet. I'm like, I just can't get into it for some reason. And then it was like, you know, when you want to talk about, like, Haruki Murakami or, like, uh, J.K. Rowling. Well, actually, I don't know if we want to say J.K. Rowling. <laughs> 
Um, JK, we don't fuck with her no more. <laughs> Stephanie, I forgot how Myers from the Twilight. Twilight, yeah. You know, like everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, everyone jumps in. I don't, I'm not surrounded by by readers in 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 my my friend circles. Like I just that's that's probably why I've never really had that push but talking to you now I feel like ooh, I'm gonna read tonight <laughs> I think like I mean it's not even just like that push to read but like the di- like under like accepting that there are different kinds of readers and like accepting the reader that you are yeah, oh. oh my god I think I'm having a nosebleed but like it's like a blood clot that's floated down to my throat so oh my god have an aneurysm in my sleep you guys heard it here first um that i should not joke about like no undiagnosed undetected (laughs) aneurysms oh god oh god i haven't done enough with my life um i'm sorry (laughs) i mean this is a very oh that it's like the thing that scares me the most is like dying of some like undiagnosed blood clot um but I, I, I used to get a lot of nosebleeds as a kid, but it's not like it's dry out right now. Anyway. Okay, so enough about me, Vanessa. What are you reading, watching, or listening? Okay, so right now I have opened and in my bag um, but I'm a little bit lost because they talk all weird, is Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. I, this is the first time I'm reading it. I've gone away for 30 years without reading it. And I picked it up recently because I was just like, fuck it, I'm going to read this book. And it is so fucking funny. Like, it's hilarious. And it's very relatable. It's also really funny in context, like, with, you know, his, like, well way after the fact. Because at the time it was published, Jane Austen did not put her name on her work. Um, I think she either like abbreviated her first name, like the way that some women still do, JK, to get boys to pick up their books so that they know that it wasn't a lady who wrote it because I can't read something a lady wrote. Um, but Jane Austen didn't put her name on her work. So like she, I think she was just an anonymous writer. I guess people thought like this man understands ladies and he's so funny. Um, but uh, it Pride and Prejudice is funny, or I think it's kind of funny that nobody knew that it was written by a woman named Jane Austen, because in the book, there's a set of four girls that are, I think they're four sisters or like five sisters. Um, but there's like a, a group of sisters. And the one that we're following, we're following our protagonist is Elizabeth Bennett, but her sister, who's prettier and taller and more desirable, is named Jane. <laughs> so I think that's... <laughs> Right? Like, that's kind of funny. Like, the people so reading it at the cute. time didn't know that. But it's not just funny for that. Like, it's really funny for, like, um, I I didn't know that – I just knew that Mr. Darcy is the one that Miss Bennett is into. That's all mm-hmm. I knew about the book. I didn't really know, like, what else. I was like, all right, there's maybe some prejudice happening and there's some pride happening probably. Do, but I just um- – I'm sorry. Did you watch no, no. the the movie with Keira Knightley? I have not because I've I've oh. been I, like for years I've been like oh I'm gonna watch it when I read the book and I think there are people <laughs> out there who people. I've I've given the impression that I've read the book just because I didn't want to look like some philistine. I don't know if that's one of the words that we should be getting away from. Um, but like um, I didn't want to seem uneducated and so I just like pretended like a long like yeah Pride and Prejudice, Mr. Darcy. Um, but like but now that I'm reading it I'm like oh fuck that Mr. Darcy but also I love that like everyone also is just like fuck Mr. Darcy he's kind of a 
bitch and like mm-hmm. but it's really funny like um i don't know but like there's some like now there's some characters in the mix and i'm like who but the reason i picked it up actually is because of you telling me to watch fire island and you're like oh it's kind of like a um a modern interpretation of pride and prejudice and i was like oh i fucking love um jane austen's like emma uh-huh. But I've never read Emma either, even though it's one of my staff picks at this bookshop. Um, but I never read Emma, but I just know about Emma that it's um it's the work that the movie Clueless is adapted from. Oh if you've ever seen the 1990-something movie with Alicia Silverstone. Yes, um, I, I I saw it. I don't remember. And Paul Rudd. It's hilarious. And like um, and then they recently made like a new adaptation, but it's not set in the nineties. It's set in like oldie times when, when the book was written and whatever, um, that starred Anya Taylor-Joy who speaks perfect Spanish and who I'm so jealous fucking of. Um, but <laughs> she was in this recent adaptation and it, it was funny because like, again, I've never read Jane Austen before. Mm-hmm. And I've, even though I've pretended to people, I think I even lied to my ex-boyfriend like, yeah, Jane Austen's so funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was an English lit major and he he did read Jane Austen he was like she's so funny and I was just like mm-hmm. <laughs> he will never know <laughs> they will um, never know I'll never know but like I really want to watch Fire Island I really want to watch the uh Keira Knightley Pride and Prejudice and so I was like fuck it I'm just gonna read um Pride and Prejudice I'm on page like 80 right now um I know that like she might marry her cousin even though I think that's kind of fucking weird but at the, you know yeah. back in oldie times that was yeah. acceptable yeah. and there's still cultures in which it's acceptable and I'm like ah. but I think it's just because we've grown in a t- culture where it's taboo and weird yeah um but I mean I whatever but um so I think that's what's going on right now and I think that's like like that has thrown me off a little I'm like whoa wait what <laughs> I didn't realize there was like cousin marrying in this um but I, I don't think she actually is going to end up marrying her cousin because obviously like the it's an enemies to lovers story of like you know those are my favorite tropes yeah like, and it's why it's I mean like it's a hot romance right now like there's so many <laughs> like there's so many like top 10 enemies to lovers romances to read this summer um <laughs> that we have to like be familiar with because you know I work at a bookshop and people come in all the time like what what do I want to read can you tell me and I'm like bitch I can't tell you that like <laughs> but um but then I have to ask them like what's the last book you really liked and then they're like I don't know and I'm like all right here are I some fucking oh. Jesenia. but you know what I will say I have I've started a little a little wagon of um we we have a lot of post-its at the bookshop and I've started making bookshop bingo so like it's nine little squares and in the middle is Colleen Hoover um because people are always like is it Colleen Hoover do you have Colleen Hoover and I'm like I yes she blew up on TikTok we have all of her books now they're very hard to keep in stock um but like mm. so but we have this little bookshop bingo and like a couple of other girls have made little bingo cards too but one of my questions is oh. can you can you help like um what is this book about um or you know what's a really good book and it's just like bitch I don't know what it, but your definition of a yes. book yep. is or like you know like I, I'm sure like we all have very different tastes and even in the in the realm of romance we all have different tastes exactly you might not yep. like a like a hard shell detective mystery and you prefer a jaded woman murders her husband mystery like, <laughs> like there's so many 
many types of, you know, like you might not like the slow trickle mystery of puzzle solving. You know, you might prefer a thriller edge of your seat action mystery. Like there's so many ty different types of stories and all these different yeah. genres that I can't possibly tell you what you're going to like. But if you give me an idea of what you've liked in the past, I can work off of that. But you yeah. can't just come into the bookshop and be like, what's selling and is really hot right now and that <laughs> I should read with everyone. And I'm like, I don't know, go on fucking Twitter and ask them. Like, I, I, it's everywhere. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, books are books, you know, pretending like you know how to read is very hot right now. So no, I'm just kidding. Like, but we like we were just talking about this. Like we both really want to make more time for books. And I think one yeah. of the I don't know, it's really it, it does help you get off your phone and to you know yeah. stop checking the like Twitter sphere of like what's happening right now? What's happening right now? Um but yes, I'm reading Pride and Prejudice. I'm finding it very funny, even though sometimes I get a little lost. I will admit, and I'm only a little ashamed, that it makes me a little sleepy because I have to do a lot of work of like, what are they saying? <laughs> like, I'm, but like, yeah. I, I have to read pages like twice sometimes. And then I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. That's what they're saying. Um, but I think that's why like Jane Austen's work is so like, it's kind of timeless even though the language is a little old timey the the material itself is timeless there are always women who are like their husbands are bothering them and like teasing them for like haha like i'm getting on your nerves bitch and like there are always yeah. going to be sisters who love each other and fight and you know still want to like root for each other they're always yeah. going to be like um this dude offend like we're always going to be entertained by like oh this motherfucker offended us as the reader because we're rooting for elizabeth and he just called her plain and homely looking and then she just said like well i would be insulted if a man like that liked me because he is a dick and i don't even want him. it would be a curse for him to like me and it's just like hilarious that's just hilarious and like it might be old-timey language but it's timeless material and so i'm fire island yeah fire and that's island. yeah and that's why it's been adapted into like these modern interpretations because like some of the language is way old timey and like I have to read it three times. But like <laughs> once I've read it and I, I get it, I'm like, oh, this is really fucking funny. Um, so I'm reading Pride and Prejudice and I am only a little embarrassed that it takes me, you know, two or three pages. Like I have to read a page two or three times. Um, but I'm also listening to books on tape which I, I don't want to knock as a form of reading. Like you're still consuming a story and it I, I joke that like hold on I think I'm getting a text and I bet it's my Wakina being like mañana okay you can oh, I'm sorry um but oh I just lost my idea oh I don't want to knock um audiobooks as like oh that's not reading because like you're still consuming a story and it's different than listening to a podcast where like two people are talking with each other um and having a conversation um like you can still consume a story that way like right now the podcast that i'm like so stuck on and i cannot stop listening to it because i and i'm in love with i'm in love with the host um but Ooh, whoa, whoa. um it's you're wrong about and it's hosted by sarah marshall and it used to have a co-host but I, I i'm not listening to it linearly because the way they do this podcast or they've done this podcast or she's doing this podcast it started off with the two of them and she's a writer slash journalist. She used to be a journalist at BuzzFeed, I think. I heard her mention in one of the episodes. And, but like in more current episodes, or like not necessarily current episodes, but in episodes that are like aired in like 2019-ish, around oh. the time of the pandemic, 
you know, 2020 ish. Uh -huh. She says, I'm, I'm writing a book on, on, she introduces herself as like, I'm Sarah Marshall and I'm working on a book on the satanic panic. And that's like pretty much what she says. But then in early, even earlier episodes, she's just like, and I work at Buzzfeed as a journalist. So, uh -huh. but then her co-host whose name I forgot, no, like, he, but, um, no, he's really great too, but also sometimes he'll say shit and then Sarah just puts him in his place, but without being kind of like a dick about it, you know, she's not like, you know, like I'm better than you because I, you know, I, I think what you said is offensive and you need to correct it. Like, it's just like, oh, hey, by the way, that can be offensive because X, Y, Z. And then he's just like, oh shit, I didn't realize. Thank you so much. And then they move on. But um, that's, I think why I like it with the two of them. But then in recent episodes, when she's just the host, she has guests that she has conversations with. Um, but they also like, it's interesting because they cover different um things that have captivated the public imagination you know things like the oj simpson trial mm -hmm. um the exxon the big exxon oil spill that happened in the 90s um that i already forgot its name um what was the other princess diana but the way they'll do it is they'll like do these like hour-long like episodes on different parts and elements and people of those sort of like popular phenomena and yeah. they'll like dissect and discuss and it's really great um but they don't air them all together at the same time so it's not like there's five here's the five episodes of princess diana it's like princess diana part one amityville horror part one princess diana part two oj simpson part one and like so oh, it's, it's not, yeah. they don't publish them linearly which is like i'm not super offended by it but it only kind of sucks because it's not like i can just like q1 sec like the way i've had to do it is like i have to download each like first i have to like find like how many parts are there to this like series that you guys did on this topic that's my only complaint on this episode um on this podcast but i otherwise it's phenomenal and like i've learned like i've i've consumed a lot of media about oj simpson I watched, <laughs> watched two, like I watched one documentary and one dramatized series. But like, still, I that's I, a I, lot though. How yeah. many hours is that? Like four hours? That's a oh, lot. Oh no, it's way more. It's like at least twelve. Um, but like, I, oh. but I thought I knew as much as there was to know about the O.J. Simpson trial. I had no idea he was dating this model woman at the time. Oh, he was. He had just, she had just broken up with him the morning he murdered his ex-wife. Um, and I say that as if I know he murdered her because it's very obvious that he did. Um, but like, <laughs> but I thought I knew there, everything there was to know and every person there was to know, you know, like I knew Rob Kardashian was, in, mm, Kardashian, um, uh, the Kardashians were involved. I knew that um, Marsha Clark was the prosecutor and that she got a lot of shit and she even once um, like buying tampons at a supermarket one of the cashiers said to her, oh, I bet we're in for a really interesting, like, week this week with the trial. Um, you know, like, I knew that sexism was a huge thing, and I thought I knew everything there was to know. I had no idea O.J. Simpson was on and off dating a woman who had just broken up with him the morning of the murders, and it's so fascinating because, like, this, I don't, like, I mean, I, I had no idea she, she was an element to the story at all. I had, I had no idea that Kato Kalin, like, I knew Cato was sort of like a guy who lived in a pool house, but I, I, I didn't realize that he was Nicole's friend first. And then OJ essentially like manipulated him away from Nicole mm -hmm. and then kind of like, he didn't necessarily turn Kato, like Cato Kalen around, like, and you know, like now he hates Nicole, but he just wasn't like, 
like it was kind of i mean obviously hindsight is 2020 and like he grew up in a very stable and normal household so he probably didn't understand power dynamics and like abusive relationship dynamics but kato kaylin like he the way that oj kind of invited him to live with him and like kind of separated him from nicole was a, a sort of like that's a tactic that abusers use is to isolate you and to take away your friends um but yeah, so it's just, it's really fascinating. But they have two episodes on these different characters that I had, like, very little knowledge and, like, how mm-hmm. their sort of, like, lives um, influenced their roles in in the story of the O.J. Simpson trial. But it's it's really fascinating. And right now I'm on, like, part four <laughs> of, <laughs> of, like, a hundred of this, of the series that they did on O.J. Simpson. So that's the podcast I'm listening to. The mm-hmm. TV I'm watching... I'm really excited to pick back up on what we do in the shadows. They're released or they're, you know, dropping new episodes of their fourth season. Um, they're, it's so cute and funny. And I think you might like it. It's really mm-hmm. funny. It's very like, I don't want to say. Don't give me push. another show to watch. <laughs> I know, it's it's so funny. It's so cute. To read. <laughs> this bitch said, I'm going to read this summer. Um, but it's really funny. It's this like mockumentary series about these vampires who came over from England and are living on <laughs> Staten. I- they're living on Stan Island. It gets funnier. They live on Stan Island. And then the conflict comes from the vampires in, in Europe are like, hey, have you conquered America yet? And they're like, no, we have like two streets on Staten Island that we run. But other than that, like, no, we haven't. (laughs) (laughs) That's really genius. It's really funny. And I'm pretty sure he's Mexican American, but there's a guy, I I could be wrong. He could just be Latina. And I don't remember which which country he hails from, but I want to say it's it's, um, Mexico. But there's a, a character on there called Guillermo, and he's played by a kid who I already, whose name I already forgot. And I say kid, but he's like, you know, our age. And he's so funny and he's so phenomenal. And he's just. What's the name of the show again? What We Do in the Shadows. Um, but he plays the familiar of one of the vampires. And he really thinks that one day this vampire is going to turn him into a vampire. But really, like, oh, the vampire has no intention of turning his familiar into a vampire ever. Um, but like this season, we might, who knows? Um, but it's, it's phenomenal. The whole cast is really funny. It's just, uh, there's also an energy vampire who is not like a nighttime vampire. He doesn't suck blood. He just sucks energy and he works in an uh-huh. office and he's like, he tells you like, he just, he's, he's that guy at the office and it's just really funny. Um, but yeah, so I'm back on that. And then I'm also watching Miss Marvel on Hulu, which is so fucking charming and adorable and cute. Miss Marvel. I, who's the, what is, is that a Marvel? It movie? is. Okay. It is. It's, uh, it's actually, it's a Marvel series. It's a Marvel character. Okay. And she is Pakistani American from Jersey City. She and was interviewed by um, uh, Trevor Noah. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's so freaking cute. This, the whole cast is adorable, um, you know, like just very like, oh, yes, immigrant parents. And like, even though we're not from like the same culture, I think like our family cultures all sort of have like these sort of, I don't know, overarching themes of like, yes. oh, I've got to make my parents proud because yeah. they sacrifice so much. And then your mm-hmm. parents being like, I sacrifice so much, but then they're not doing it to make you feel bad, but they kind of are because they're trying to like get you to come on, do things that we approve of. Um, but it's just, it's, chef's kiss so cute so charming 
Mm -hmm. Um, I just screamed that right into the microphone. But so I'm, those are the two shows I'm watching. That's the book I'm reading. I'm also like semi reading, but I had to put it down because I was just like, oh, this is going to get dark before it gets good and bright. Which one? Which one? Which one? It's called The Measure and it's by an author whose name I already forgot. Um, but I have I have the advanced reader copy of it, and I wonder if it's like different than the the one that they have recently published. But it's kind Maybe of like Arlick? Yes, okay. that's her. Um, but the measure is really interesting. It's um, I picked it up because it had this wraparound band on the book, and it um, the premise of the book is everyone in the world wakes up one day to a little box, and on the box in everyone's language it says this contains the measure of your life open if you choose and when you open the box there's another layer being like are you sure and then there's a string Mm -hmm. and in the beginning of the book we meet like a handful of characters who each get their box one of them is just like absolutely the fuck not i'm not opening it but she works for a news agency and they like they confirm it they're like yes this is 100 percent real like we don't know where they came from we but they're indestructible pieces of string and they're real and like We have studies that show that the people who had short strings are dying and the people who have long strings can't die. And like, you know, like they, they just can't like there's um, the the part that I put it down because I was like, oh, this is going to get so much darker before it gets good. Um, A couple in Italy opened their strings and the woman had a short string, like a really short string and the man had a long string. And so they jumped off a bridge together and she dies and he lives. Jesus. And also the the character that I had just mentioned, the one who works at a news station, she didn't want to open her box, but her girlfriend was like, oh, we absolutely have to. And they open it and her girlfriend's string is like half the length of hers, like less than. And then there are support groups for the people with long, like short strings, people with really short strings. Um, It's, it's just, it's, I know it's going to get to somewhere good because every quote that's for the arc is just like, it's so uplifting. You know, it's like, it makes you want to live your life and you know, whatever. And like, it's like station 11 meets the midnight library meets, you know, every other big concept, high concept blockbuster book of the summer. (laughs) And like, I'm reading it, but I'm also like, Oh, emotionally I'm not here yet. So it sounds really good. I wonder if it could be like the next Sandman. I really want to read the Sandman. There's like, I think, four parts or something like that yeah 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 we have we have all we, we have the sandman and um every time bookshop. i want to borrow it on libby um the audiobook is always out the the paper the, well not the you know the digital print is always also out so i'm like when am i gonna it's like there's like a huge hold line for it yeah i mean it's it's freaking huge i'm i mean waitlist sorry wait yeah waitlist <laughs> No, no, you're good. You're good. That's Neil Ga- Neil Neil Gaiman. That's his name. Mm. That's the author. I think so. He wrote Coraline. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what attracted me to it because I loved that movie. I loved yeah. the movie. Did you read the book? No, I didn't. I I read the book as part of like um a, a thing I did with the library when I was a kid, but I only like read the first half because I was like, this is freaking me out. <laughs> it is freaky. Yeah. Um. Ooh, but I do have to. I do have to wrap it up just because, like, again, we're having work done in the house, and I have the only functioning shower. Okay. Um. But yes. Yeah, so that's uh that's what I'm reading, watching, and listening to, and then our sort of like outro edition for this week instead of doing roses buds and thorns i thought it'd be kind of fun to do over it never over it which is we're gonna name one thing that we're way over like a trend whether it's on the internet whether it's fashion whether it's like 
whatever, over it. I'm over it. Kale, is it food trends? What are you over? And then what aren't you over? You'll never be over it. You'll never let it go. Um, it doesn't have to be something that you, you know, are not letting go with contempt. It could be something like, oh, this is, I'm never going to let go of the fact that like, Tlacuache, which means possum, which is my favorite fucking word, Tlacuache in Aztec culture, <laughs> like in Aztec lore, brought fire to man. I'm never over that. So that's the thing that I'll never be over. And then the thing that I'm way over that I'm like, fuck that thing. Um, actually, I, I don't, I don't want to say like, fuck that thing. Um, what am I, I, I? I'm over it. I'm over this thing. I'm kind of over the little miss this meme, but also I can't get enough of it. Like, I think I'm over... <laughs> how never over I am of the internet. <laughs> I'm over it. You're over it. Oh my God, now I'm on the spot. Um, I think I'm over the, I'm just over like this, like, you know, this is very millennial. This is very zillennial. Like, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Whatever, it is what it is. Like, I, I feel like the fashion, the, the 90s trend, like, oh no, the, you know, the millennials are taking it or no, I, I'm over it. I'm over that. I'm like, you know, you put labels on if you like it so much. Um, never will be over it. I don't know. I think the bucket hats for me. <laughs> it's the bucket hats for me. <laughs> Yo, I was going to bring up bucket hats, but I was just like, no, I shouldn't shout out bucket hats. And now that I'm a bucket hat, I'm a bucket hat bitch now. You um, look so cute on yours. I have a bucket hat. Like I bought mine, like, you know, <laughs> I think as soon as they came out, like when they were coming back, I looked yeah. at it. It looked really cool. And I, I just bought one. I will, I will admit like, and I think I said this when I bought my bucket hat, when I was with you in the city, um, last weekend, two weekends mm -hmm. ago, a while, this is not sometime recently. Yeah. Um, but like when it, when bucket hats first happened in like the early 2000s, the late nineties, mm -hmm. I disliked it so much that I just forgot it was a thing. And so like, I didn't remember bucket hats were a thing and I didn't like, I mean, I, they were re-emerging before turning red, but, um, the Disney plus movie turning red, like I, I was like, Oh yeah, bucket hats. Yeah. And I was just so like, I was like, Ooh, boo, bucket hats. And it, it was kind of like, um, it, it was like the main character in Turning Red where she was just like, I don't understand this thing. And she starts drawing it. She's just like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with this thing. Um, but like, but I, that, that happened to me in Bucket Hats where like the first time around, I chose, forgot they even happened. And then the second time around, I was just like, oh yeah, those things. And then I put one on my head that was made for a man's head because H&M was like, we sell this in the boys section. But I was just like, gender is fake and my head is big. So I put on a Bucket Hat in the men's oh. section. I was just like, this is for me. I'm the Bucket have I am the bucket hat life I'm for it um so mm -hmm. yes that's my bucket hat journey uh, <laughs> so yes I'm also I will never let go of how much I love bucket hats now they protect they're, me from the sun they keep me fair and beautiful they're so cute they're and really they look cute. cute and also yeah. one of my farm friends Jenny shout out to Jenny if you ever listen to my podcast and you don't have to miss cool it's fine it's whatever she <laughs> fucking was meant for the bucket hat and I will never get over that I need a picture. I need to, I need to see. I don't think I took a picture of her in my bucket hat, but we all, like me and like a couple of the farm girls went to Fire Island Cherry Grove uh, last weekend and it was amazing. Ooh. And I was just like, I was like, Jenny, try on my bucket hat. And I was just like, oh, fuck you. Take off my bucket hat. You look better in it than I do. <laughs> like, um, but that reminds me, are you coming out this weekend? Are you coming out to the Hamptons? Um, <laughs> we can discuss offline. Yeah. Um, anyway, don't worry. I'll edit that out. Speaking okay. of shout outs. <laughs> Shout outs to our followers. Don't edit it out. Sorry. 
Shout out to followers. Yes. Shout out to our followers. Thank you for responding to our prompt. It was uh, to let us know in the comments, what do you like to do for fun? The second one, second question was favorite book you read this year. The third is what you strongly dislike. Um, Abby, at Abby Wesnowski said she um, likes to knit for fun. Um, the book is Barbarian Days of Surfing Life. And she strongly dislikes eggs with a vomit emoji. I love that. <laughs> That's so great. Abby's one of my fun little coworkers at the bookshop. And that bitch can knit. <laughs> and it makes me angry. She's self-taught. That is so cool. I can't. Very cool. And then we have also our next follower, at Ash Bedoya. Um, I hope I said that right. You're looking we don't, at- I No, I don't know if I say that last name right either, because I don't think we have that last name as common in Mexico. <laughs> exactly, right? I think it's more common in South America. <laughs> so she actually likes to go on walks and find free stuff. Yeah, so that's awesome. Uh, favorite book this year she read was, so far I'm really enjoying Just Kids by Patti Smith. Uh, I have to check that out. Slay. And- All right, <laughs> that's... I know that's one of her favorite words. <laughs> and she strongly dislikes sour cream. <laughs> I did not know that about her. Very cool. Yeah, we're so, we're just, I'm just happy that we have followers that are like super engaged. And I hope that more of you uh, listeners will uh, respond to our fun prompts. I'll see if I can put more stuff up on the stories too. Thanks, Jacinia, for all the beautiful work that you do to make the podcast happen and to put it out into the world and to create little community because I think that's one of the things I love so much about podcasts is just like, you know, when they have enough of a following, even like just like a couple of people who are interactive with it, it's just like, (laughs) oh, we have a community. We built a little community. At any rate, we only have like a minute left on this recording. So we're going to, we're going to thank you guys all for listening, for joining us on this little journey of charlando about, you know, this, that, the other, everything, nothing all at once. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Bye everybody. Bye. Join us next week. Bye.